Welcome to Real Life Full Equity Podcast with your hosts, Justin and Keisha Brooks. Hey, welcome to the show. Our goal is to share with you real life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing ease to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Real Life Real Equity. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's a new week and it's just the two of us. We're super excited to be here. We got some stuff for you today. So what are we going to talk about? This is something that is common with many business owners. Yep. We're going to talk about a good deal versus a bad deal. Right. And not even just the bad deal, but how to structure it. From what perspective do you look at your deals from? Let's just say real estate investors were very deal centric, but Many real estate investors run into the fallacy of not creating a business first, and we're entrepreneurs first. You know, a good friend of ours says, be an investor first and then a real estate investor. We're entrepreneurs before we're even investors. So let's talk about the entrepreneurial principles behind a good deal versus a bad deal, running a good real estate business, a good widget business, a good service business. Right. So there's a couple of key components to that that we want to highlight. And that is establishing your mission, your vision, your goals and your core values. Absolutely. So let's break that down. What is your mission? It actually is your vision first. Okay, you have to have a vision before you can create your mission. A lot of people sometimes get that backwards. They don't have a vision. So there's an old saying, it says, write the vision and make it plain so that anybody that read it can run with it. Basically, what that is saying is if you can write your vision down and make it clear, you can then show other people and they can help you accomplish it, which leads right into what your mission. And so then you can create your mission based off of what you see in the future, which is your vision which then goes into your goals, but nothing can be done without your core values. Yes, that's correct. So oftentimes um, what Justin is saying is that a person will say, my mission is to execute this way. Right. But they don't have anything behind that. There's no vision. They haven't set any goals to accomplish that mission. Right. And that's what we want to highlight today. That's what's very important. It all intertwines. So there's a really good exercise that we did a couple of weeks back at the One Thing Goals Retreat. If you didn't catch it, next year it's going to be, I think, the first week of November. Yes. We'll always, by all means, get you dates to any goal event that we attend or have attended. There's another good event, Create Your Future by Robert Helms. Absolutely phenomenal event. If you don't set your goals before the new year, you're probably a little late. So (laughs) we usually set our goals in September, October, or November of the previous year so that we can get into the new year with a running start. But I say all that to say, we did a core values exercise and it was one of the most frustrating and enlightening exercises I have ever been to. It's a funny story because we were sitting there at the table and uh, they gave us 10 minutes to go through a stack of like, what, 100, 150 cards? Yeah. And these cards literally had just one word on it. And from those cards, you had to pick three of them. (laughs) Three cards out of 150 in 15 minutes. I was so frustrated because I'm a I'm a person. I I like a little time to think, you know, I'm an analytic. So I I need a little time to think. And Keisha's flying through hers. Yeah. And she gets through it and she looks at me. Justin, are you done? I said, no, I'm not done. I need more time. (laughs) Justin, you just need to pick. He said, just pick. And I'm like, oh, my God, let me just. 
get like five more minutes. So uh, long story short, I ended up I ended up working while he was talking, and mm-hmm. then I went back to the room and did it again because again I'm an analytics, so I had to really go there and think through the process of what should have taken maybe 15 minutes. I disagree because, you know, I needed more time. I didn't like being rushed. Well, I mean, that goes to say that, you know, everybody has a different way of approaching things. And I think the only reason that I worked through it so quickly is because I was just trying to follow the instructions. But when I really think about it, there was a few of them that I wanted to keep. But this is something that I think everybody should do is yeah. figure out what your core values are. Yeah. And some of those for me was legacy, family, traveling, just yeah. one simple word. What, where is my mission going with my core values? Right, right. Absolutely. So if you know where your core values are, you can always maintain a level of alignment with what you're doing, even though your vision may change because your vision can sometimes change. Yes. That's something a lot of people don't talk about. Your mission can sometimes change. Mm -hmm. Your goals sometimes change. Everything is flexible. You know, making sure that you're within reason of your your values and your values change too. You know, when before we had kids, our values may not have been legacy. Our values may have just been having fun or something. I don't know, but because we had kids so young, but I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things. So let's talk about what a good deal versus a bad deal, a good business versus a bad business actually looks like, because it's some very key things that we look at. So let's start with the bad. Let's start with what people may think a bad business deal mm, is. Okay. So it's not really in the context that we're presenting. So you're probably automatically thinking, I got with someone, a vendor or another partner, and it just didn't work out. Or the business lost a whole bunch of money. Right. And you're just thinking, okay, that was just a bad deal. You know, that was one of my failures. I'll learn from it and keep moving. Or even like a great example, 2008, real estate crashed, went into the toilet and you're like, oh my God, that was a terrible deal. I'll never do that again. Right. I hear many people say, oh yeah, I got into real estate. I'll never do that again. Yeah. Bad deal. But I also have heard in the same year of 2008 how some people were able to make their deals work. Right. And (laughs) some people have come out on top. What do they say? uh, When everybody's scared, that's when you invest. And when everybody's optimistic, that's when you run. Warren Buffett said it. But so let's really identify what we mean by a bad deal. So a bad deal can be universal. It's not necessarily saying the deal is bad. Typically, it's the people. Yeah. Typically, it has to do with the people. Yes. And so that's why we wanted to highlight the mission, vision, goals, and core values, because most of the time, their mission, their vision, their goals, and core values are not coming into alignment to make that deal work. That's right. With yours. That's the key. They have what they believe and that their core values and mission and goals do not come into alignment with yours. Now, here's the caveat, and I have been guilty of this up until Today, I mean, I'm not even going to lie. I'm not perfect. So I remember just what, three or four months ago, I was looking to try to hire somebody and I tried to hire the first person. They ran away. And I I won't say they ran away. They didn't want to come on. Then I finally got the next person all the way through into orientation. And then they said, I can't do this because I and I'm about to explain. Here's I'm going to tell you the, the punchline here in a minute. I got the next person all the way through to orientation. They walked away. I said, okay, something's wrong with me. And they went to their confidant, the person that they trust, and they tried to explain what it is that I was wanting them to do. They couldn't. And I can only imagine how many holes 
that a confidant punched into what they were trying to explain, leaving them with a less confident feeling in what we were trying to do. Because I only verbally explained it. That's why I said write it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I only verbally explained it. I sat there for two hours and verbally explained it. And here's the thing. They say hire slow, fire fast. I hired over a 30-day period. I didn't hire this guy. Hey, oh, you're cool. Let's, you know, you want to get, you want a job? It wasn't like that. It mm-hmm. was, hey, you're cool. I think you would be a good fit for X, Y, Z. Would you like to? Or I asked a friend, hey, do you know anybody like this? And I gave them the details. As a matter of fact, when I first wanted to hire, I wasn't even clear on the details. Yeah. This is the point we're trying to make. Whether you're hiring a new employee a vendor, a 1099 contract employee, whatever. If your vision, mission, and values do not align, if it's not clear to them, it will be much more difficult for you to hire them. And I had trouble with the first two people or three people, something like I lost count. And I was very disappointed because one of the guys I really liked and I was really hoping he would come on board. He didn't come on board and it wasn't because of him. It was because of me. Yeah. And then I took some time and wrote a extensive business plan. I wrote my mission, I wrote my values, I wrote my goals, and I got really clear on what I wanted. And now we're getting people left and right who are like, oh, yes, I'm interested. Yes, I'm interested because I put it into the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. In the right way. And when people read what I'm saying I'm going to do, they're like, I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's interesting. I had something similar also happen where... I figured that I had the vision. Sometimes you can have the vision. It can be clear. And literally, even though you have the vision, the person is still like, well, I don't know. And mind you, we run separate businesses outside of Real Life for Equity podcast. So she's talking about something totally different than what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so with this person, I had the vision. I had the goals. I knew what my core values was. But for this person, their goals were different than mine. Mm. They were trying to accomplish a different thing with this particular project task that I had going on. And we kept trying to like cookie cut and fit our way into making it work. And honestly, we probably wasted each other's time, even though it's still a good relationship and everything. But our goals didn't align. So Mm -hmm. we had the I had the vision. I knew what my mission was. She had the vision. She saw what I was wanting to do, but the goals weren't lining up. No, that's good. That's good. So, by the way, if you are not subscribed to our newsletter, I encourage you to do that right now because you will receive on a weekly basis tips and tools sent right to your email each week as we put out a new episode of Real Life Real Equity. You can go right now to our website at realliferalequity.com forward slash newsletter enter your information and be put on the list. One of the solutions that we created was, and we got this from the Create Your Futures Goals Retreat by Robert Helms. He has an action step guide, and I'm not going to give the punchline away because it's an absolutely phenomenal retreat. And by the way, this isn't even close to everything he goes through in that two and a half day period. Yeah. This is just one small segment. This was my aha moment in that goal setting retreat two years ago, three years ago, whenever we went. I said, Keisha, this is exactly what I've never done that I need to do. And I came home and I started doing it and things started to change. So Keisha and I have adapted and used that in every goal that we set. We create an action step plan and prioritize it and then assign it. That's something I learned from the one thing. 
you know, being able to assign it to somebody and then putting a date on it. Smart, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic and timely. Those are smart goals. You're able to put a timeline on it. You're able to delegate it out if you have employees, if you have partners, et cetera, et cetera. And so when we got together, Keisha and I put the goals down. We wrote the action steps and then we got the people who were on our team in the same room both sets because Keisha and I are one household we got all of our staff together yeah on one call in one room we had two separate meetings <laughs> and we went through every goal that her, she had and that I had for our two separate entities and for the entities that are combined yeah it was it's on just thinking about it, it was so powerful yeah <laughs> it was it was it was, it was the mastermind session that Napoleon Hill talks about in his books, all of his books, at work. It was a phenomenally powerful session. So if you can take away anything from this podcast, take away alignment. Alignment is so powerful. It is so incredibly powerful that if you just take away the alignment, the secret, it talks about metaphysics and being able to, when you write it down and when you get people on board, putting it into the atmosphere, belief, putting it into your subconscious. And I am a huge believer that when you put something in your mind, your mind vibrates at a certain frequency and you attract into your life the very thing that you're looking for. Regardless of whether you say it out loud or not, if you believe it in your mind, I I really believe we haven't even began to tap the power of the human mind. And, you know, they use it in in the movie The Secret. I think it was in the movie The Secret. I don't claim to be a scientist by any means. I just read a lot. And that's one of the things that I read about. Yeah, that's real good. And so just think about this, too. When it comes to your goals and your core values, you're not necessarily trying to make the other person do exactly your goals because they're your goals. You're simply implementing what they already have, what they can offer to help you to achieve your goals. So if they don't have your if they don't have the same goals as you, a lot of times when you have a, a big vision, a big mission, a big goal, people can get behind that. That's where the power comes in. People buy into the bigger vision. And if your vision is big enough to hold their goals in, they'll help you accomplish your vision because their vision falls in line with yours. Gary Keller makes a great example when he uh, created the Keller Williams agency. He said he wanted to create a real estate agency that was so big, had such a large umbrella that people could move their outside real estate businesses under his umbrella and still be able to run with the level of autonomy as a real entrepreneur. Right. So those individuals are still performing in their businesses, but they're falling under what his big vision is. That's right. And that is powerful. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to keep you forever. We really wanted to hit on what a good deal versus a bad deal is. And we're saying deal more figuratively because what we're really saying is a good thing, a good business, a good deal, a good real estate partnership, a good vendor, a good whatever your thing is, a good widget or service. We're saying or a bad whatever your thing is, because the truth is, if you have strong mission, vision, values and goals, You can accomplish just about anything. And not only can you accomplish just about anything, you can start to sell 
and convince people to come on board because they can see your vision. The clearer you can see your vision, the clearer somebody else can see your vision and the easier and more confident it is to tell them about your vision, sell them into your vision and help them help you accomplish your goal. So let's kind of paint a picture on that because we like to give action steps to our audience. So when you're sitting down with someone, what are some key things that you do to interview your prospect? Who, me? What are some key things I do? I mean, you know, when I what prospect? You mean like my employees? When you're interviewing your employees, when, you know, we both recently had uh, new hires, we added people to our team. What's some key things that you're looking at with this person and you're okay. asking I mean, them. yeah. Character. Character is like the number one thing that you cannot teach. Character, uh, I learned this from Beth Clifford, and I, I kind of knew it before because of the military, but she said it and it solidified it. Anybody can do anything within reason because I'm 5'11". There's no way I'm going to play NBA basketball. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not strong enough to go play in the NFL anymore. So, you know, within reason, but anybody can do anything. And as long as you have character, you can be trained in a lot of stuff. A lot of things people can be trained on. I look at character yeah. and then I look at cap- capability, capacity. What are you capable of doing? And then after capability, I look at, okay. now what do I need to teach you to make sure that you can accomplish what it is that we want to have or do? So what do you look for? So I look for a person's core values. To me, that's very important. Understanding what's important to them so that I know ahead of time where their focus is. And if they don't have core values, if they don't have core values, then I explain to them my core values and help them understand this is what's important to me. So how do you know if you made the right choice? I know a lot of the things that you have said, like character, integrity, those things are important. Building their relationship. Sometimes you have to date them first Mm -hmm. to figure them out. Yeah. That's something else that's been coming up lately. But that's why you hire slow and fire fast. Yes. You hire slow because you have to, quote unquote, date them before you hire them. You should know. Like Dave Ramsey, I learned this from Dave Ramsey back in like 2008. He said he spent, when he was first hiring, now again, let me caveat this because some of y'all, I might have lost some of y'all. I, we're not, I don't care about Dave Ramsey. I don't care about what his philosophies are. I used a principle from him that I liked. I do that with everybody. I could take a principle from people I don't like. I could take a principle from somebody I like. And if it fits with what I'm doing, if it fits with my core values, we just talked about that, then I will use that to the benefit of my business. So I used something from Dave Ramsey and they said um, he hires people very slowly first he meets with them maybe over the phone then he may meet with them in person then he may you know go with them to lunch and then he he will and this is what changed it he brings his wife to lunch with them and i said huh that's interesting okay so bring your wife to lunch let him meet your wife let the wife do the whole six sense thing or significant other doesn't really matter let them get the six sense thing if you didn't get the pit of your stomach feeling that a lot of people get when they know something's wrong you go with that if you get that feeling cut it if your spouse gets that significant other gets that feeling cut them because what's going to happen is that feeling will manifest itself later so i bring my wife i bring keisha to every interview of somebody who's going to be on my team she does the same thing and when we do that our chances of a retainable hire increase exponentially and we go through that whole process now mind you i did this with those last three guys and 
because I didn't have the mission, vision, values and goals written out and clear, I still didn't retain them. But the point is, once you get all these pieces lined up, it becomes much easier to get what you want. Very true. So relationships are important, but not every relationship is meant to have a good deal. Yeah. And you got to be able to separate the two. And not only that, you can have a good relationship and it not be a good deal. Yeah. And you can have a bad relationship and it not be a good deal. I'm not a big believer that you can have a bad relationship and create a good deal. I am of the belief you can have polar opposite personalities and not necessarily completely like a person because you have polar opposite personalities or have the same personality and you all butt heads, but you are the best thing for each other. That's why there's HR managers out there who help hire people based off of what you need, not what you like. A lot of entrepreneurs Mm. make the mistake of hiring the people they like because they're like them or they're the opposite of them, uh, which is, you know, significant others. That's a huge thing. Your significant other is usually the exact opposite of you, you know, and you hire that person. And sometimes they're not a good fit. Yeah. So anyway, you know, we can go on and on about this because we've ran into so many good deals, bad deals, good partnerships, <laughs> bad partnerships, good vendors, bad vendors. And the overarching thing for us is your mission, vision, values and goals. But, you know, character, integrity, how you treat those people, even when you do not line up is key. We've had some people come back into our life that we treated well and they come back you know, after a hiatus, because they went and did their thing, and I went and did my thing, they come back, and we have fond memories, and we're still good friends, and now we're looking at doing different things together. Yeah. And so always treat people with a level of respect. Don't burn your bridge, because you never know when that person may have a change of heart. All right, so we hope that you gained a couple of things from this episode today. That's right. And I would replay it. It's 20 minutes or something like that, and, you know, we try to keep our podcast short. And the reality is there's, I don't toot my own horn, but there's a lot of wisdom that we have gained over the past, you know, what am I, 33, over the past 15 years Uh, (laughs) uh, Over the past 15 years in not only leadership, business, management, um, I set out when I was just 19 or 20 years old, you know, be a C-suite executive. That was like in my mind, I wanted to be an executive. And so I started learning the things that I started learning the traits that executives have. And so when we create deals businesses we create them in a way that teaches us a skill that takes us to where we want to go so play this back you learn something i learned something uh keisha broke some stuff down that i didn't even think about and you know we can always be learning so with that being said we uh want to thank you for listening as always see you next week see you next week thank you for listening to real life real equity podcast If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.